Pastor for giving us the opportunity to share with you and speak to you. Um, <clears throat> it's a joy and it's a privilege, and Pastor is going to walk the talk. He's going to spend time with his son, right? So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a leader, right? Um, very blessed Father's Day for those who are here, and I just want to, actually, I, I, I just want to thank Brother Chi Ming for his release just now. And I, I kind of felt that before this service, that I, I don't know what's your relationship with your fathers. Okay? Some of you are not fathers, but you have a relationship with fathers. Maybe your father haven't been around. Maybe your, your father did something or said something or failed to do or say the, the right things and there's been misunderstanding. Right? And your relationship with your father can sometimes affect your relationship with God. Right? So I just want to, thought, I, maybe I want to take this time, just, just come before the Lord and if that is your situation, that you first thank God for your father, even though you feel that he may not be, have been there for you, or he was there the wrong way and rubbed you the wrong way and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, acknowledge there's only one perfect father. And that's God, our Heavenly Father. I'm a father myself and I don't always do things right and we do make mistakes. But look beyond the mistakes of your father. And some of you may even say, but Uncle Joshua, you don't, don't know what our family has been through because of my dad. Well, whatever has happened, God can turn the situation around. God can, can intervene in your father's life. But first, there's a need for us to forgive our fathers. Maybe they were around, but yet they were absent, physically present, but they were not there for you. But we sang just now that God is a God who is always there for us. He holds everything in His hands, but yet He has time for us. Thank God and appreciate God as your loving Heavenly Father. At the same time, forgive your dad. As you forgive your dad, you're going to set him free. And God can use you to bring um, you know, deliverance and healing and, that, and the Lord can redeem him for himself. So I want to encourage you to just let go of the past, of the hurts, of the disappointments. I want you to just bring it before the cross and just lay at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I forgive my dad for what he did, what he said, or what he failed to do, what he failed to say. Lord, by your grace, I choose to forgive him. Help me, enable me by the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive my father and then by faith confess it and believe it in your heart and tell the Lord Lord by faith right now I forgive my dad I forgive my father give me the grace the strength to love him to honour him despite his imperfections and I want to thank God for him even though you don't see, maybe you don't see anything much fantastic about him, but just thank God by faith and trust God that God is going to do a work in his life. Father, I pray that for reconciliation and healing of strained relationship between fathers and children. Bring that healing today. Begin that work. Bring that reconciliation. Because God, you're a God of reconciliation. You reconcile us to yourself, anyone who reconcile us man to man, human being to human being. So we thank you for the work at the cross of Calvary. We thank you for your love. 
that you have forgiven our sins, who are we not to forgive those who have hurt and disappointed us? So Father, I pray that this day, something great, something powerful is going to happen, that your love will so flood our hearts, that indeed we will honour and love our fathers. And Father, for those who are fathers here, I ask that you give them the strength that they need, where they have been disappointed, heal them too. Give them strength that they will truly feel the heartbeat of God the Father so that towards the children's disappointment, Lord, they, they will know how to respond as you would want them to respond so that they will correctly represent you to their children. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. All right. Would you like to stand up for a while? Everybody stand up for a while. Okay, give each other a high five. Okay, and say, stick to it. Right? Be resolved. Stick, stick to it. Say again. Be resolved. Stick to it. Stick to what? Okay, we're going to talk about that. All right? You may take a seat now. Because I have a younger crowd here. must have some movement. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, the resolution. Stick to it. And uh, yeah, there was something that was uh, interestingly given to me. I was told that you are given a post-it pad, and the, the verse from there is from Hebrews 10, uh, 36. So just before we go into that, very quick about my family. That's me. Got married in 1990. That's a long time, uh, 20 over years. Of course, some of you are married longer. <laughs> okay, my 18th wedding anniversary, a little bit vain kind of wedding, you know, photo. And my, my, me and my, child, my whole family, my wife, same person. Oops, I'm still not used to this. Okay, uh, my wife, okay, my eldest daughter who's 21 years old. Okay, my second daughter who's 19 and my son who's, uh, who's actually uh, 14 coming on to 15 this year. in sec 3, right? Um, yeah, that's an updated photo. Huh? But my son is now taller than the, his eldest sis. Okay, I'm still getting used to it. Yeah, he's already standing up, uh, you know, taller than the eldest sis. So mum is confirmed uh, position here, if we range in terms of height. Mine, uncertain because it's only 14 plus, right? It's, it's this age is where they can search very quickly in terms of height. Uh, I'm passionate about seeing families do well um, because I've been through my fair share of struggles, uh, didn't make time to learn, okay? And, and that's why I'm very much working with a focus on the family, who's, that's their vision also, to strengthen families, help families do well. And really, a lot of times um, in marriage or in family, uh, we can all do better if we learn. The Word of God says, my people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge and understanding. But when we shall know the truth, the truth will set us free, right? Okay, so moving on, the resolution, stick to it, right? So this is your main verse today, but I want us to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's read from verse 35, if I'm not wrong, to get the context. Okay, you got that? In this crowd, do we have a standardized version or is it all mixed? <laughs> is it all mixed? All mixed, huh? Anyone with Amplified? <laughs> okay, what's a more common version? Can I get you to stand up and read? Anyone? Volunteer? Anyone? Volunteer, volunteer, come on, come on, come on. Somebody volunteering others. <laughs> 
How? Anyone? On the three. They are here, Caleb. They are here, Caleb. Yeah, my son is Caleb also. So since, since Caleb, okay, jackpot. You got it. All right, if you can, help us, please. Uh, he- Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, let's read from, from verse 35 all the way to verse 39. <clears throat> you need a mic? Sure? Okay, yeah. Thank him. Give him a round of applause. Thank you for reading for us. All right? All right. Um, well, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And, and God says, you know, in, in the book of Hebrews here, this passage here, it says, you know, for a little while, okay, and the coming one will come and he will not delay. Of course, he's talking about the second coming. But at the same time, many times in life, God has something for us, right? And we're waiting for breakthrough. And it doesn't seem to come, right? And sometimes we give up. We want to turn away. We want to run away, okay? Uh, maybe it's a promise. Maybe it's some, something, whatever God is doing in your life. And, and God seems to take a little long, right? Something they've been praying for. But God says here, He's coming. He will not delay. His, His timing will be perfect, right? So what do we stick to, okay? The resolution. Stick to it, right? Stick to... Is it coming? Oh, yes. Stick to what? The... Everybody read this? The cat. Okay? So you'll be shocked, yeah? You like the picture of the cat. You say, but huh? Is this, is this Sunday service? Why are we talking about cats here? Right? Shouldn't it be about Christ, not cats? Right? And maybe your eyes are starting to pop out like that. You know, and say, are we in the right place? Did pastor get the right person to come and speak to us? Okay? Right? And the next thing is, first one is stick to the cat. Next one is stick to BK values. Is he trying to sell us Burger King? No, go for the value meal, stick to it, right? Nothing against it, right? Okay. Or, and another one, the third point, stick to? Oh, I didn't press. Okay. HP, Hewlett Packard. Well, by now, maybe some of your eyes are popping out. And what's going to happen today? Today's message is a bit strange, huh? stick to, uh, very, very strange, huh? stick to all this stuff. Okay, what's, what's cat actually? I'm referring to calling, assignment, and tasks that God has given to you. All right? Can you turn to the person and say, stick to the calling, the assignment, and the task God has given to you. All right? Okay, and this is very important. Now, we live in a world where today, especially in Singapore, because we have had life for too good, for too long, too good for too long, and we, are, we have taken a lot of things for granted. Um, people generally feel that way. Now, I'm not against young people. That they say today, today our young people lack the perseverance the endurance. And, and this is coming not from me, but from, from uh, people I talk to when I give parenting talks. And in fact, there are, there are letters written to Ministry of Education, the Minister of Education about some of these comments. The lack of uh, 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 perseverance. Now, of course, not all young people are like that. There are, there are individuals who, who have, been, who have uh, chose the r- chosen the right things, been taught well, or they have, been, they have chosen the right things. But generally, this seems to be the trend. We live in a world where we want everything instant and, and quick, and if it takes us a little long, we cannot take it, right? So there's a need to, to learn, to, to stick to the calling, the assignment, and the task. Let's look at this scripture, 
2 Kings 13, 14 to 19, and then followed by verse 25. Now, when Elisha became sick, when Elisha became sick with the illness of which he was to die, Joash, the king of Israel, Joash, the king of Israel, actually you know, came down to him and wept over him and said, Father, my father, the, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. Elisha said to him, Take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow, a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. And he put his hand on it. Then Elisha laid his hands on the king's hand. And he said, Open the window toward the east. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The Lord's arrow of victory, even the arrow of victory over Aram. Right? In some versions, Aram also means Syria. Okay? For you will defeat the Arameans at Aphek until you have destroyed them. Then he said, Take the arrows. And he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground. And the king of Israel struck the ground how many times? Three times. And then he stopped. Right? So what happened? The man of God was angry with him. You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Aram until you, you would have destroyed it. But now you shall strike Aram only three times. Now, when you read this passage, anyone inside you, you start to protest. But Elisha never tell the king of Israel how many times to shoot, right? So is it his fault? Right? My fault, ah. Right? The young people will say this, right? My fault, right? Is it? Is it my fault? Right? And, and sometimes, yeah, I, I actually ask that question. How many ask that question when I read this? Oh, no, more, more people ask that question. The earlier crowd, nobody asked that question. I was the only one. Okay? <laughs> but I actually asked that question. Yeah, it seems quite unfair, isn't it? Elisha didn't tell, me, tell him how many times. Right? But on the other hand, uh, just, you know, God spoke to me in the sense that God calls us to do something and we need to be at it until God tells us to stop or to move on. And there may be tasks and assignments that you will have in your life. And maybe you're having one now, right? A calling that God has given to you. And you need to work at it. And even though it's tough, even though there seems to be opposition, sometimes we think that if it's the will of God, everything should be smooth. Is it true? Actually, not true. Sometimes when it's the very will of God, and it's going to make a major impact, you get the, the worst hits, right? Because the enemy is not happy. You'll be the number one target. He can whack you better still. Right? And, and this is a reality. And that's something that, you know, last time I used to think that if it's God's will, everything should be smooth flowing. I learned that it's not. Right? Live long enough to learn that it's not. Right? And, uh, um, and, and this is something that you want to think about. Okay? Is there something that God is calling you to do, giving you an assignment, and it's tough, right? And you feel like giving up. So in verse 25, Jehoash, it's very interesting uh, that his name uh, is interchangeable between Joash and Jehoash. Right? It's a bit like Josh and Joshua, you know, that kind of thing. So there's this Hebrew, uh, Hebrew spelling that is uh, different, okay? uh, a variant of the Joash. So, so it's referring to the same per person. Huh? So uh, where is it? Ah, still getting used to it? Okay. That, so Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, very hard to read all the Old Testament names, huh? took uh, again from the hand of Ben-Hadad, uh, ben the son of Hazael, the cities which he had taken in war from the hand of Jehoahaz, his father. Three times Joash defeated him and recovered the cities of Israel. And we read on the context, you found that uh, yeah, um, actually Israel was lost and conquered by, by Syria later on. Okay? 
So are there things that is happening to you or that God has called you to do? And I just want to share this. I, I, I felt that, you know, it's really a life example for me. I was inspired. Uh, when, when my, oh no, I, can, I came from FCBC, right? Um, you know the joke about FCBC? They say FCBC is fast-changing Baptist church. Yeah, and it's true. And it, because somehow God has wired FCBC, because the senior pastor is wired that way, to be a pioneering pastor. So he goes into things that people have not gone into. And, and when you're the arrowhead hitting the forest, who gets the most impact? The arrowhead, right? But once you get through, the people behind follow, it's just very simple, right? So it's very tough. And, and people in our church who didn't understand that when we go through the changes, and generally human beings, a good bulk of us, more than 80%, wouldn't like changes. How many welcome changes? Generally, we don't like, right? Especially when it's fast changing, Okay? And so when my pastor, went, uh, uh, when he felt the call of God to go into entertainment, uh, you know, arts, uh, entertainment and theatre, okay, and there were a lot of people who misunderstood him. And it was very challenging. I had no problem with him going into arts and theatre because prior before going to FCBC, I was attending a worship seminar and, and I, I remember the verse spoke to me about the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. That how God has created everything and everything was for His glory. But for a long time, the church has given music to the world. And all sorts of not-so-nice stuff are coming from there. Terrible lyrics with, with terrible contents, right? And it was time the church took that. And you see the worship of the, of the body of Christ becoming more vibrant, okay? A better music and quite excellent quality. Like the few songs that you sung from Israel Houghton, he's a Grammy Award winner, right? Christian artist four-time Grammy Award winner, right? And, and besides that, there are many things we need to take back for the, for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God, right? It belongs to God, okay? And, and that, that is a word. So I had no problem with him going to that. But many people were confused. Many people were wondering, what's wrong with this pastor? All of a sudden, he becomes so vain. Don't want to do the, the, the noble calling of pastor, pastoring, right? And yet, he goes into all this. It's very challenging because people left the church and, and it, it, it really took a toll even on his family, on his his schedule is crazy, right? And it's very tiring for him. And, and no, he felt like giving up many times. And uh, he was telling the Lord, Lord, all you need to tell me is, I heard wrongly. Like you heard wrongly and then that's it. I'll drop everything and I'll obey you. But every time he has this thought, God will send a servant from somewhere and told him that you are in the will of God. Don't stop what you're doing. Continue what you're doing. And that spurred him on. And come to a point, it happened a few times he doubted. The last time was, the Lord told him, you stop doubting, <laughs> right? So he stuck to the task. And we see some fruits from there, but of course there's still people in the body of Christ who are not quite for it. But what, what I see in this man is that I just want to honour him that, hey, he's one person I saw, when God calls him to do something, he goes for it, no matter what the cost. And he stick to it until God tells him to stop. All right? And that's something that I feel... Uh, as Christians, uh, you will have your, you know, in your life, God may give you assignments. And some of you young people, uh, God may put you in a job and it may be difficult, right? But God wants you to persevere and stay in it. There's a tendency that a lot of people, not just young people, even the adults, uh, the more mature adults, they are job hopping from, from work to work. When things are difficult, they leave, right? And I learned from my wife, my wife is quite a model for me when it comes to this area. She had worked under very difficult bosses, very unreasonable box, bosses. But God has taught her to pray to pray, to pray for the workplace, to pray for the, for the atmosphere there, to pray for the colleagues, right? 
and from difficult bosses, God will somehow uh, uh, do a work in their lives, either bring a change in their lives, or God will change the boss. But she just trusted God and stayed in it. And really, if we are too quick to run away job to job, job, to job unless God calls us to, okay, there's a tendency that when we miss out what God wants to do in our life, there may be some things God wants to do in our lives. Right? So we need to be clear of this. So before you, uh, I would say this, stick to the calling, the assignment, the task until God tells you otherwise. Until He tells you it's time for you, son, it's time for you, daughter, to move on. The season here is over. Let this be how we would live our life. We sang about Jesus be the center of our life. We sang about rain in all the earth. It got to begin rain, Jesus got to begin raining in our hearts, in our decision-making. Let Jesus reign. Right? Learn to turn to the Lord and learn to stick to the task that God has assigned to you. Okay? So the first one is what? Let's read together. Stick to the, the calling, the assignment, and the task. When you are faithful, you will achieve and succeed. You will have the ultimate victory. Then you find yourself growing. Right? Okay? Be faithful and you will achieve and you will succeed. Okay? Now, turn to the person next to you and say, let's find out what's BK value. Nudge and nudge then. Let's find out what's BK value, okay? Right? Now, next one is to stick to BK values. What's that? Well, although I have a picture of burger, but it's not about Burger King, uh, about the value meal or, or the core values of Burger King. Uh, but definitely it has something to do with the king, right? And it's about sticking to biblical and kingdom values. Sticking to biblical and kingdom values. It was very interesting that... Uh, Statistics have shown that there are countries may have, they may profess to have a large percentage of Christians. But then, you find the society is morally upside down. And there's a lot of problem. At the end of the day, if we want to, we sing about Jesus' reign, you know, in all the earth, it, the reigning of Jesus will come, even though not everybody has come to know the Lord. But we are all operating under kingdom principles, kingdom values. And we are not following the ways of the world. Right? So we need to stick to kingdom values. Be steadfast and you will shine as lights for God's glory. Can you turn to the person and say, be steadfast? Right. Okay, so let's look at some of the scriptures. John chapter 15, 18 to 20. If the world hates you, you know that the world has first, it has hated me before it hated you. Right? Okay, I'm trying not to turn back too many times. But I'm a bit long-sighted. Lao Hua Yen, already. Okay, so I can't see uh, any small print. Okay, um, yeah, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. If you are a genuine Christian who loves the Lord, the way you live your life will be according to kingdom and princi uh, 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 principles, kingdom values, biblical values, and sometimes it irks the people who are not believers. It makes them feel very uncomfortable, right? And sometimes they may hate us for that. Please, don't be those type of Christians where you are, you are really a pain in the neck, wherever you go. And, that's, that, and they hate you for that, and that's, that's a different thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, talking about you following the ways of God, not being holier than thou, not being religious and, and condemning everybody else, but you're living the Christian life, right? The way you do your work, the way you, you, you don't cheat, you don't compromise, you're honest in all your dealings, you're fair in all your dealings, you're walking in integrity and uprightness. The way you deal, you, you, you work with your leaders and your bosses is different. Today is very common, right, in Singapore. What do we do? We challenge leaders, right? We talk bad, right? Talk, talk back as well as talk bad about leaders. 
right? But what's the biblical value? Can we give feedback? Can, but we must do so with honour and respect, right? But we see from the social media, the way people talk to people in, in authority, pe- people talk uh, to people you know, in, in the workplace or in school, right? There's no more respect. So what are the, the values uh, that you subscribe to, right? Is Jesus really centre? Okay, so, so Jesus said, remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So as we live out those values, we also want to teach those values. We need not quote scriptures where the, the, the context is not relevant, but we can teach biblical principles. It's still possible. And that's how we have Jesus' kingdom be established here on this earth. Right? And we need that in Singapore very much, and many parts of the world is much needed. Right? So Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Okay? What use? Right? If, the, if the salt loses its favour, how can, shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Salt means what? If there's a wound, what will happen? It will sting, right? If some, there's some sore, some infestation, it will sting. And we do give a stinging effect when we resort the earth, the way we live our life, okay? We also preserve, right? Salt preserve, right? We can preserve the moral values of society, wherever you're working, the family. All these are being attacked right now, right? At the workplace, okay? All these are being attacked. Um, how you relate to, to, to people in government. All these are, are the wrong values are coming in and it's eroding our society. So, but we can be there to shine as lights also. We can be there to be the salt to preserve, right? To cleanse, to purify, right? To be the light. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. It gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine, right? Before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, Right? Do not love the world, neither the things that are, nor the things in the world. If, the, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And all these, the world is passing away, and all its lust. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. You want to do the will of God? Yeah? Okay? I, I, I hope uh, we all want. Right? And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that will of God, right? What the will of God is, that, you, that, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And the new translation it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Okay? My pastor recently shared how when he does premarital counseling and will ask the couple, in terms of physical intimacy, how far on the scale have you gone? And, and he was very shocked that there are more and more people who have gone way beyond the, permissible, uh, the permissible line. There are a lot of young people today, maybe be Christians, but they go out on a holiday with a boyfriend, girlfriend, and they stay in the same room, right? And they are tempted, and sometimes they compromise. Now, do we follow the ways of the world? On TV, yeah, on the media we see, and the, the ways of the world, to them it's no big deal, right? It's the norm. It's the trend. Right? How about us? Do we stick to those values? Okay. Those who are married, divorce is on the rise, even amongst churches, uh, I mean, within, uh, amongst Christians within the church. And it's sad. 
right? In some cases, I know, I'm not condemning divorce uh, cases, uh, but there, there are some situations I know, I, I know of these people, some of them personally, uh, husbands committed adultery, given the chance to repent, gave them four years, five years, they refused to repent. Um, as a result, under the church leadership's uh, uh, approval and agreement, they were allowed to divorce, right? Now, today, it's not so, not just the men, eh? women are getting into adultery, right? And uh, yeah, so what's the values like? Uh, do we subscribe to the same values and say, oh, you know, everybody is doing the same thing. Are we, are we going to follow the word of God when it comes to marriage, right? Are we going to follow the word of God? Okay, so in your life, you will face many temptations. And, and last year when I was attending my uh, FCBC uh, Bible school, uh, our Bible school is a bit different, although it may not be recognized by uh, everybody. But uh, our, uh, our church purpose is that not everyone who goes through that must become a pastor, right? But at least they want to equip you to be effective marketplace minister. And there was a marketplace minister, a man who loves God and in the working world, but choose to shine as light for, for the Lord. And one of the things was, he was challenged in his working life was learning to respect and submit to his boss, even though he disagreed with what the boss does. Okay? Learning to submit to the boss. Right? And that was a challenge. And this is a thing that most of us struggle with, right? Within the church or outside, you know, in a working place, somebody asks us to do something. It's not something terrible, not asking to commit murder or sin or, or to, to bow down to some false god. But most of the time we disagree, we feel very unhappy. Why must I do it? Correct or not? Right? And we are unhappy, the face show, you know, and, and it's really, really a, 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 a problem, right? And he's, he, he felt the Lord was teaching him to, him to submit and to respect. And he, he obeyed the Lord. And there was another occasion. He was challenged, really challenged, right? In his, he's dealing with investment and property, working in a bank. Won't mention what bank, all right? And uh, so they, they went to, you know, had to meet some people, went to China uh, and had entertainment. Uh, after dinner, then they were asked, to, uh, you know, they were invited to proceed to the basement where there's a karaoke lounge, right? And a karaoke uh, lounge is very, very sleazy, right? explicitly sleazy, okay? Soon when the music turns on, there'll be the host that will come, the ladies, the hostesses that will come, and they are naked. Imagine he's a Christian, he sits there, his boss is a Christian, right? And his, his boss got engaged in it. He struggled what to do, okay? And he, he finds some excuse, he walk out, call his wife, and, ask his, and told his wife of the situation he's in, and asked his wife to pray along with him. Number one, I, I must thank God for that kind of wife. Eh? You can call and say, I'm struggling. Can you pray for me? How many, you know, you know and, and really sometimes, uh, I think wives need to understand that the, the struggles they have. And if your husband come to you and, and share with you, please don't go, how dare you do this kind of thing? And then start scolding and nagging and so on. You know, uh, you should be happy that they're coming to you and you can pray with your husband. Right? So, so the thing is that he chose not to compromise and follow kingdom principles, uh, kingdom values. Right? Can you imagine how the boss will feel after that? See in office. Right? But of course, he never go and, and, and tell tales. Huh? But, but he was sharing this, that it was a real struggle. Can you imagine, you know, the temptation that is tremendous, you know, at that moment. Right? So, so do we compromise, right? Or do we stick to kingdom biblical values? How about, since there are more young people here, how about being, the, the word of God says, do not be unequally yoked. Are you enter in a relationship with the intention of evangelistic dating, right? 
and you're, you're, you're liking the person, the person likes you, but not a believer, right? And it's something you want to think about because it's, it's about a heart of obedience to the Lord, okay? Uh, because the Word of God says that if we are unequally yoked, the chances that you will be dragged down, you are unlikely to influence, okay? If the other person comes to know the Lord, it is God's grace. But I've seen too many who compromise in this area, and though they got married, the husband or the wife may pray to receive Christ, even go for baptism, but the moment they are married, everything stops. He go and play his golf. She got to drag the children to bring the children to, to, to church herself. And sometimes the husband may, may say, Why go to church? Go with me to this place, you know, and, and there's a lot of misery, a lot of quarrel, a lot of fight, a lot of conflict. Right? And and this can be very painful. Right? So if Jesus is Lord and Jesus is center, well, we should stick to kingdom values. Because all God has it all for us. It's not a set of rules and uh, of do's and don'ts. And, and David is one person I really admire, although he's not perfect. We all know he committed adultery and murder, indirect murder. But he's called a man after God's own heart. And you can understand why. From these Psalms, um, we are not going to read into it, but you might want to take down some of this and go back and search the scriptures and see if we were so. Right? David always has this, this attitude. You see, there are, and all these Psalms, he'll be talking about the wicked doing this and that, even people who are close to him and even go with him uh, to church together. I mean, so-called church in modern time, but go, go towards the temple of the Lord uh, and they will worship God together and how people so close to him can betray him and disappoint him. And yet, what does he do? He turns to the Lord. He chooses to walk in integrity. He chooses not to take things into his own hands. And even when some of these friends betray him and when, they are fall, when their friends fall sick, what will the most of us tend to do naturally? Good or good. Your fault, good. So wicked, now you have it. Correct or not? We will gloat over our any, enemies' misfortunes. That's the natural response, right? You can't wait to let them have their fair share of justice or retribution, you know? Uh, but David doesn't do that. He said, I will put myself, I'll put sackcloth on myself. I'll pray for them. And it's the same thing. When King Saul died, David wasn't celebrating, right? If you read about it, David actually what? Was mourning. For Saul, who tried to kill him many times, right, unreasonably. So he's one person who said, as for me, doesn't matter what other people do. As for me, I will serve the Lord. As for me, I will do what is right before the Lord. Right? Can you turn to the person, tap on the person in front and say, as for me, I will do what is right before the Lord. I will follow kingdom principle. I will follow kingdom values, biblical values. Right? So, what's the first one? Stick to the cat. What's the cat? Calling, assignment, task. Second one, stick to biblical kingdom values, right? BK values. Huh? So when you stick to your, your, your cat, okay, right? Be faithful, you will achieve and succeed. When you stick to biblical kingdom values, well, you be steadfast, you will shine as lights, okay, for God's glory. So what's, what's HP? Want to make a guess? Anyone? HP. Not Hewlett Packard, huh? nothing against them, also not advertising for them. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to put a picture, a logo, but they said a tra- trademark better not put. <laughs> so, okay, no choice. So, it remains just pure fonts like that, HP. All right. <clears throat> well, what's HP? Sticking to his promises. Right? You're given a post-it. I uh, know post-it don't stick very well, but the whole idea is to stick to it. Right? Stick to it. Okay? Be immovable. You will see God's faithfulness in fulfilling his promises. And in life, it's like that. Nah? Uh, we must always go back to God's word, know that his promises will come true. 
right? And this is what Jesus said, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. In fact, he said, my words will come to pass. Everything, every promise, it will come to pass. But of the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Though here, he's talking about the coming and the things, the, com- the second coming of Christ and the events that will ha- happen, right, before his coming. Okay? But we know that verse 35 is true. How many know that verse 35 is true? Right? Yeah, verse 35 is true. God's word does not return to him empty or void. It will go forth to accomplish what he has purposed. It will prosper in the thing that he sent it. What he said, God keeps his promises. Even when the Israelites messed up big time, he told them he will still send them to the promised land. But he will send his angels because they are stiff-necked people. But he still fulfilled, even though they failed their part. Right? God is that kind of God, faithful. Right? He will be there to fulfill the promises. He's not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. Okay? But he's patient toward you, not willing that any should perish, but or to, to perish, but no, for all to come to repentance. Again, it's about second coming. But there are many promises that I've also experienced where God seemed to be slow. And if you have received such a promise and you can't wait, maybe God calls you as a young person, you know you have a calling, but hey, why is it nothing seems to be happening? Right? And it seems like, did God forget about you? God never forgot. Right? God remember His promises and He will keep it. Okay? He is not slow regarding his promises. Maybe it's regarding your family. Maybe it's regarding your, you got a word regarding your children. But you don't see your child looks so different. Very opposite what, you know, maybe that, that, that prophetic word was given regarding your child. Okay, and, and it can appear like that. Right? But if God gives a promise, believe it, pray through it. Right? What's the acronym people like to use? The push. What's push? Pray until something happens. Another version, pray until solution hatches. Okay? So whatever you are, uh, you know, so whether it's promises or tasks that is having challenges, pray until something happens. Pray until solution hatches. Right? Pray until things happen. Until the promise comes to pass. Don't stop until the promise comes to pass. Right? Without faith, because without faith it's impossible to please God. Okay? Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that God is Right? He exists and that He rewards those who diligently sought Him, who seek Him. Okay? And faith is what? You don't see it, but you believe God's promise is true. You don't see it yet, but you believe God's promises are true. Faith is the substance of things, but hope for the evidence of things not seen. You don't see it, but because God gave the promise, you cling on the promise. You cling to it. You stick to it. Right? Despite not seeing any changes, not seeing any progress, but you stick to it. Okay, so sticking to God's promises. And in, in, in the Bible, there are few, quite a number of great people, uh, uh, godly men, uh, not perfect, but godly. And you can see from their lives how God gave them promises. Abraham is one, right? God said, I will make you a father of many nations, many descendants. Your descendants will be like the sand on the seashore. Wow. But did it happen? Ten years? No. Right? Um, no chance to go into details, but it took 25 years and nothing still happened at that point of time. Sarah was 90 years old. Most of us have given up hope already, right? Right? Maybe go for uh, you know, IVF, right? Okay? 
And, but in Sarah's case, well, she decided to help God. Sometimes people tell us this phrase, God help those who help themselves. Sometimes God doesn't want us to help Him, you know. And we may mess things up. People say God helps those who help themselves. It's for those who may misread God's intention or God's truths and then say, everything I wait for God. I'm not going to work. God is going to provide, right? And that's taking things in the wrong way. But here is, here is uh, Sarah trying to help God and ask Abraham to, to, to you know, to sleep with his uh, mate Hagar. And we know that from there, a whole generation of descendants from Ishmael came and has been for a long time, throughout generations, uh, been enmity with, uh, with the, the, you know, the offspring of, 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 of um, Isaac. Right? So sometimes we need to ask ourselves, case by case basis, God, what is, it, my, what is my role in this situation? With regard to your promise, do whatever it takes to prepare me so I'm ready to see that fu- the, com- the fulfilling of that promise. But whatever is not for me to do, Lord, I just want to trust in you. And I'll wait for your timing, your perfect timing. Joseph, same thing. He had a dream, right? That his brothers were bound before him. But did that happen immediately? First thing was he was sold into slavery while being betrayed by his own brothers, right? Then get, got a chance to work in Potiphar's house. Nevertheless, he still stick to kingdom values, biblical principles, where he lived excellently, his work was excellent, he had good attitude, and therefore he got promoted, he was trusted by, the, by Potiphar, right? only to, later on, only, only to attract in, in, uh, Potiphar's wife, right? who tried to seduce him, and when, he could not, when she could not get what he, uh, she wants, uh, she framed him. That would be another setback, isn't it? Right? Then he was thrown in prison, but in the prison, he outshined everybody else, that the prison warden put him in charge. Not bad, huh? you're in prison and they put you in charge. It shows that you've got to have fantastic values, fantastic, you know, you live by those values, that they could trust you. And finally, he became second in command next to Pharaoh. And looking back, the promise was given many years back. Throughout, he went through a lot of friction. In fact, it was quite interesting that in, in, the, in, in the book of Genesis, he named his two sons, one is Manasseh, one is Ephraim. Right? And, and in some Bible uh, versions, they actually tell you what is Manasseh. Manasseh means the Lord helps me to forget the hardship, the pain that he went through, the betrayal, being framed wrongly, you know, being accused and being in prison for something he didn't do. And his other son's name was Ephraim, which means you will be fruitful even in the land of affliction. I was very much encouraged. Sometimes you go through difficult times, you walk through the wilderness, we feel like giving up, right? But God puts us through a process where He corrects us, where He perfects us. I've been through a number myself, right? And, and looking back, I know that God has turned those situations around so that it can be a blessing to other people. Okay? So then there was David, right? Promised to be what? He was anointed king many years back, right? But then he became king immediately? No, right? Not only that, Saul was pursuing after his life and took him many years and had many chances uh, uh, a couple of uh, occasions where he could have killed Saul and in fact his subordinates, his loyal subordinates encouraged him to do that. Right? After all, you know, he's coming after your life but he, he refused to help himself, right? He waited for God's time. God to fulfill his promise in God's way. Okay? So we need to stick to God's promises. Whatever promise is given to you could be a specific promise or a promise from the word of God. And all the promises will come to pass. God never fails. God is always on time. Turn to the person next to you and say, God is always on time. He's never late. Yeah, he's never late, okay? He's never late. All right, very quickly. So what are the three main points? 
Everybody stand up right now and then run through our three, three, three uh, points. Huh? I want to imagine this. So let's stick to the what? The cat. What's the cat? The cat calling. Huh? Go meow. But then there's a, a sign stick to it. Assignment. Huh? And, the, and this cat has a task. Okay? Right? So assign to calling the assignment and the task. When you are faithful, you will achieve and succeed. What's the next one? Stick to Burger King values. Huh? No, right? Biblical kingdom values. Last one. Okay, before that, what biblical kingdom values? Be what? Be steadfast. You will shine as light for the glory of the Lord. Yeah, he took notes. Thank you. Eh? <laughs> okay, and the last one, be? The last one is what? Stick to what? His promises. Be? Be immovable. Eh? Okay, be immovable. Let's go through them very quickly. Be immovable and you will see God's faithfulness in fulfilling His promises. Okay, give each other a high, uh, high 10 and thank each other and sit down, okay? Yeah, take a seat. So let's, let's respond right now to God's word. Okay, and if you, have, you are in a situation like that, right, uh, maybe, you know, you are being challenged and are you compromising because of peer pressure, right? Um, maybe your friends are watching pornography and they're asking, hey, come on, watch, you know. What do you do? How do you respond? Are you compromising? Are you giving, caving in under pressure? Or are you able to tell them respectfully but yet firmly and assertively and walk away from that situation? When your boyfriend and girlfriend says, look, we are going to get married anyway. We love each other, right? So what's wrong? What's wrong, you know, with sleeping together? What's wrong with staying in the same room? Are you caving in also to that? We talk about Biblical kingdom values. There are fathers in our midst. There are married people in our midst. As parents, are we teaching our kids biblical kingdom values? Are we raising them up in the grace and knowledge of the Lord? Or are we waiting for the church to do it? Have we outsourced in the trend of outsourcing? <laughs> right? It is our responsibility, the book, the responsibility Deuteronomy you know, chapter 6 and, 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 and the whole uh, few chapters there talks about us. We need, we need to teach God's word in our sitting down now, rising up, are we doing that? Maybe you might, want, you might want to ask God to help you even to repair or set up the family altar. Maybe you can't do it regularly, but at least finding moments where you can share the word of God and the things of God and what God is doing in your life to your child so that your child can come to know the Lord and see that God is a real God. Sometimes, you know, in marriage, we do face struggles. It's common. Conflicts are normal. But when we are hurt by our spouse, do we forgive or we hang on to that bitterness, that unforgiveness? And though you're living under the same roof, psychologically, emotionally, you're already divorced. Have you brought that hurt and the disappointment to the Lord? Have you asked the Lord to heal you? Yes, the hurt is real. And God knows. God wants you to come before Him to bring those hurts. Maybe you're not married, but you're single, but it happened between you and your parents, or between parents and children. Right? So turn to the Lord and ask the Lord to heal you of that pain, the disappointment. And then ask God for forgiveness and ask God to forgive that person. Let go. That's God's command for us, right? The biblical value is we are to forgive no matter what.
Maybe you're not going through any of these things, but today you heard the message. Maybe you feel like Peter and say, God, I want to follow you, I want to persevere and do the will of God, and when I've done so, I will receive the promise. But you're not too sure. Maybe you're, got, you, you're fearful that maybe you are going to end up like Peter said, but when the time of testing comes, you chicken out. Your resolve is not there, and you might break the resolution. Whatever the situation right now, can you talk to the Lord? And if you are the person who wants to, you know, have that resolution, be resolved to stick to the calling, the assignment, the task, or the biblical kingdom values, or God's promises for you, but you're not too sure you have the strength, well, God is available to help you. God is available to help you. We are all weak. Right? I was preparing for this message. God somehow yesterday led me to read the book of Revelation and one of the verse there says, you're talking to a, he was talking to the church, uh, to a church and he said, your strength is small. It's okay our strength is small. That's why we need the Savior. That's why we need Jesus. Right? And the psalmist David said, my heart and my flesh, many times they fail. But God, you're the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You're the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You can turn to the Lord. You can turn to the Lord. And say, tell the Lord right now, Lord, help me. Help me to walk your ways, to really let you be the center of my life. Because when I let you reign and I live my life according to biblical kingdom values, then truly it's the kingdom of God in my heart. And when I teach others the same thing, then I'm bring, allowing you and and speeding that process where your kingdom can be established here in Singapore, in this society, as well as to the regions beyond. In your workplace, maybe in your school, your university campus right now, maybe in your army camp. Ask the Lord to help you. Lord, I may, I may fail, but you are my strength. Help me. I cling on to you. Let me just read these verses. Because as you think about these things, yeah, you know about sticking to all this and having the resolution to follow through. But sometimes we look ourselves, we, this, we, we are not too sure, we don't have confidence. Well, in Hebrews chapter 12, once before, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance, uh, every weight in some translations, and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race they set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author, he's the finisher, the perfecter of faith. Who for the joy set before him, he's our example. Jesus endured the cross. He persevered for you and for me out of his love for us. He endured the cross. He stuck to the, 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 call, the, the will of God to die on the cross for us. So for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross. Imagine yourself, for the joy that set, be, that set before you, whatever areas in your life, they want to see God telling you, well done, my good and faithful servant. They want to see God being pleased. And let that be your motivation that as you do that, you will endure in whatever God is allowing you to go through and only move on, only in God's timing and God's instructions. Right? He despised the shame. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. 
And this moment as I share this with you, I want your heart to just thank Jesus for what he has done. It wasn't easy for him, but he did it for you and me. But will we be willing to go the extra mile for the Lord to do what God wants us to do? For you, for you consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. When you think of him, you will not go, grow weary and lose heart. He will renew your strength, right? You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. God has also promised. Receive this promise. He said, for his divine power has given unto us all things that you need for life. Right? Second Peter chapter 1, 3 and 4. All things that are needed for godliness. You want to live a godly life? God has given you the divine power. Let His Holy Spirit just empower you, invigorate you. Right? Through knowing Him. Okay? And there are many promises that He's given so that you and I can be partakers of His divine nature. Right now, if you need ministry, you need prayer, maybe you're going through a situation, maybe you're not, and you want people to pray for you. You want our brother Chi Ming and, and those who are serving, your leaders or counsellors to pray with you, or, or, or myself, anyone. It's about God. It's, God is the one doing that work. Maybe you're not in those situations, but you want God to help you to be resolved, to stick to wherever the Lord is calling you to. I just want to encourage you to come forward to be prayed for. So on the count of three, you may come forward so that we know that you like to be prayed for specifically, right? And someone will come alongside you and pray with you. One, two, three. Make your way quietly to the front. Just wait a little longer. Feel free to, to come up here for prayers. Of course, you can pray where you are. But coming forward is is a is an act of response to the Lord. And let the Lord minister to you. Let's all rise right now. Let's all rise. Let's stand up. Father, even as your word has been spoken, Lord, you know the situation in every one of our lives. Meet everyone at a unique point of need. God, you know, you know our needs even before we ask of you. Yet you tell us to ask of you because you said, until now you have not because you ask not. Ask that your joy may be full. Ask believing. And we thank you that we can look to you who is able to keep us from falling and can present us before God the Father without spot or blemish. It is you who works in us and you are faithful to complete the work that you have begun in our lives. And I commit every person rep, uh, that is represented here, every person that is here and the families that is being represented by them, I ask that you will strengthen them, that you from amongst them, Father, you will raise up a company of men and women that will have the resolution to stick to the calling, the task, the assignment you've given to them, the resolution to live out 
and teach biblical kingdom values. The resolution to, to also hang on and stick to your promises until they see the fulfillment of those promises. Father, where we are weak, you are our strength. Your grace is sufficient for us. Right now, I ask that you minister to everyone here and I ask that you bless them. I ask that you fill them with the Spirit and power, strengthen and, and invigorate them in the inner man by the power of the Holy Spirit to enable them to be effective witnesses for you in the way they live their lives, that their lives will be conducted in a manner that is worthy of the gospel and that, Father, that they will be able to, to uh, be found faithful before you and faithful and have faith to believe you for the promises you've given to them. So I commit everyone here into your tender, loving care. In Jesus' name. And maybe the worship team can come and just yeah, lead us in a song that you sense is appropriate at this time.
let us pray together. Lord, we thank you. Thank you that you are heavenly Father. Thank you that God, you stick to your promises to us. That everything that God, we hurt you. We know that God, you will see it too. And I pray that today, may you bless us with the same kind of commitment, Father. Though the going may be tough, I pray that whatever you have called us to do, that God, we will be faithful just as you are faithful to us. And we claim it by faith, Father, what you are doing in our midst. And I thank you. Thank you for speaking to us this afternoon. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' most precious name. Amen, amen. Thank you. The Lord bless you.